Episode 16, Living Your Life During War and How to Help in Israel and From Abroad. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where you'll learn how to take steps to create a life that you love and enjoy. This podcast will cover mindset coaching and practical tips and tools, sprinkled with intergenerational wisdom and inspiration, and some Torah too. Here's your host, Nechama Weiser, Certified Health and Life Coach. Shalom and welcome to this week's episode. This podcast is a little bit different than usual in that I actually recorded this video and posted it on social media, but I will be sharing the audio here uh, since I think it is a really important topic and I hope that you find it helpful. Hi, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nechama Weiser. I'm a certified health and life coach and I live in Efrat in Israel. Over the past few weeks, I've been talking a lot about the war and what it's been like living through the war with my family, and I've done that on Facebook and also on my podcast. But today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what it's like to live through the war and also how you can help whether you're in Israel or abroad. So while there are specific tips that I have, depending on where you are residing, um, I think the two main tips that are relevant to wherever you are are number one, to really make sure that you're getting information from a reliable source. There is so much fake news going around. So make sure that whatever source you're using to get your information is reliable and stick with that. Number two, while it's important to know what's going on, I really encourage you to dedicate designated pockets of time to listen to the news and not make it a 24-7 obsession. Keep to the facts and protect yourself from the graphics because the words are horrific enough and there's no reason for you to expose yourself to those graphic pictures or descriptions that can really be harmful to our well-being. So I want to start off with the women who are living here in Israel and just share some insight and some tips that I think could be really helpful for you as you navigate this war. So many of us are feeling pretty overwhelmed. And I think that the number one tip that I have is to just figure out what is essential to get done today and what can wait for later. For those of us who love to plan long-term, this is a really good experience in just planning for a day or planning for two days, planning for the short-term. And it's really important to approach each day based on the information that we have and be able to figure out what it is that you need to get done, what is essential, okay? And really ask yourself, what do I need to get today? What do I need to get done today? And what can wait for another day? Following that, I think it's really important to set realistic goals for your day. And if you can't plan for the whole day, then even plan for a few hours, for a chunk of the day. But set realistic goals, not just aspirational goals. We are going through a really challenging time. So writing a list of 10 things that you need to get done when your kids are in school for four hours is not going to be realistic. Create new schedules and routines that address the unique situation that we're in and also be willing to change them. 
Kids are in school for different periods of time. Workplaces have different arrangements based on where there are bomb shelters. Some of us are sleeping more hours. Some of us are sleeping less hours. All of the plans that we make are subject to change. I know for us, we have a particular child who really struggles with uncertainty and change, and this has been a big challenge for her. So many of us who really thrive when we know what we're doing and where we're going at a specific time can be struggling during this time. So just know that when you make a plan, that plan is subject to change. Just yesterday, we had plans for our afternoon and then there was a siren and we no longer felt safe leaving our younger kids alone and we had to shift those plans. So definitely create schedules and routines, create plans, but always know that they may be subject to change. Many of us are going through a stressful time and for some of us, emotional eating comes into play. So I encourage you to create meals and snacks that are simple, healthy, and easy to grab. Also, get in daily movement. Even getting outside for a few minutes a day can make a huge difference. Also, for those of you who are struggling to sleep, explore ways to improve your sleep. There are guided meditations, there's tapping, you can even try melatonin if necessary, but sleep is a priority. When we don't get enough sleep, we don't function properly the next day. So really prioritize your sleep and get creative in terms of trying different ways to improve it. Go back to the basics. I actually have a Getting Back to the Basics series that you're all welcome to check out on my Facebook page. But when I talk about getting back to the basics, I'm, talk about, I'm talking about sleep, I'm talking about water, I'm talking about movement, and trying to eat non-processed foods. Again, this is a stressful time, so we're not going to be making big changes. I encourage you to make small, incremental changes. And it could also be helpful to connect up with an accountability partner, someone that you can check in with at the end of the day to ensure that you're staying on track. Adding a vegetable to each one of your meals, drinking another cup of water, getting outside for five minutes, all of those can make a huge difference. Some of us are juggling work and the limited hours that our kids are in school. Um, or some of us are working at home when we usually work in offices, the, our focus is really disruptive. Some of us are running to bomb shelters in the middle of our workday. So I encourage you to focus on pockets of quality time and really focus on the quality rather than the quantity. So even if you're not getting in the same number of hours of work, I encourage you to really designate Focus time so that you can get as much done in that time frame as possible. Creating a work-life balance right now is really, really hard. So revisit what that balance looks like. Again, given limited time in school, given different challenges in your workplace, this may have to shift. Be open to being flexible, but always ask yourself, what is the balance that I'm looking for here? It's really important to create a healthy space to process your emotions. We have so many emotions that are coming up for us. Fear, uncertainty, um, anxiety, right? All of these 
different emotions are coming to the surface and they need to be addressed. You can do that through therapy. You can do it through coaching. You can do it through talking with friends, someone in your family, your partner, whoever it is, find that person and make sure that you have that space to process these really intense emotions. Talking about emotions, it's really important to acknowledge the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, and try to focus on creating a new normal in an abnormal situation. So work on techniques to calm your nervous system so that you can function and get through the day. And something that's really important to know is that even when we have siren after siren and our nervous system is activated, Calming our nervous system in between those sirens is really important. Research has shown that individuals who are able to calm themselves in between those heightened states of stress have been able to cope much better. So even if you're running to the bomb shelter back and forth, in between those runs, take a moment, calm your nervous system. I have some tips on how to do that in a previous post on Facebook. You can check that out. Um, And just give yourself that opportunity to have a break from that heightened state. It's really important to focus on your belief in yourself and your capabilities. Even though you are capable though, learn to ask for help and be laser focused on what is important for right now and what you can let go of. There are so many volunteer opportunities available to all of us. I really encourage you to focus on one that you can do and do well and feel good about and then let that be enough. I think many of us are struggling with this enoughness. Am I doing enough? Am I being enough? And many of us are juggling so many different things and we want to be helpful. We see our soldiers on the front lines, but just pick one thing, pick one project and really put your heart into it. And I think that that will really make such a big difference. In that vein, there are so many losses. There are so many lost lives. There are so many hostages and it's really hard to comprehend the loss. So there too, I encourage you to focus on one person who was murdered, one hostage. There's something that we do here in Israel that is so beautiful on Holocaust Memorial Day, Yom um, Yom HaShoah, um, where each child is sent home a memorial candle with a description of one person in the Holocaust. And the idea behind that is so beautiful because who can comprehend six million Jews that have been killed? that our brain can't even comprehend what that means. But as the children bring home one candle, right? And if you have a few children, then you have a few candles. You're able to focus on those few lives that are lost. And together, we're able to remember all of these individuals as a nation. If you're married and your husband is home, I really encourage you to prioritize your relationship and your connection. There is so much stress that each of us are experiencing, but my colleague Kayla Levin has a special Shalom Bayit Peace in the Home Challenge, and I really encourage you to just do one small act towards connecting with your spouse, especially during this really challenging time. And finally, 
each one of our family members, whether you have your own kids or your extended family, siblings, parents, everybody is going through this in their own individual way. I really encourage you to check in with your kids, with your siblings, with your friends, and see how they're doing. Even reaching out and just saying, hey, I was thinking about you, just wondering what you're up to and how you're coping can make such a big difference. Now I want to transition a little bit to women who are abroad, okay? And this isn't necessarily unique to women, but my focus is women, so that's kind of where my where my thoughts are, but if you are a man who is listening to this, then you can benefit from this as well. I think that many women who are abroad are feeling this sense of helplessness and in some ways being far away can be much harder than living through the challenges of the war here. And so many of my friends and family members have reached out and have offered to help. And I just wanted to offer a few ideas, a few thoughts about ways that you can help from afar, because just knowing that you're there and knowing that you're supporting us here is so important. Yes, we're the ones running to the bomb shelters. And yes, we're the ones you know, afraid of our actual existence here, although anti-Semitism all over the world is really, really challenging. Um, but just offering your support and checking in and being there is more important than you'll know. So the first thing that I would say that you could do is stand with Israel. Post on your social media and spread the truth about what is exactly going on. You can attend rallies, you can donate money, right? Although make sure that the money that you're donating is going to reliable sources. Um, there are so many initiatives that are circling, circulating on social media. So just do your research, make sure that you know someone who's organizing it or someone who knows someone, um, and then you can get involved in that way. Um, like I said at the very beginning, there is so much fake news on social media and we need to counter that fake news. We need to share the actual facts, the actual things that are happening here. And just the fact that there are people who are denying the atrocities that happened is just mind boggling to me. You know, we went through the Holocaust and, and people were denying it then. But like, what more do people need in order to believe that something that horrible actually happened, right? And and there is footage that the terrorists themselves actually uh, publicize. So to me, that's just mind boggling, but just really emphasizes the importance of us sharing the truth, sharing the facts. Um, and I've seen so much of it online, but I think we can do more of that. The second thing is harnessing your spiritual powers. Um, pray, say to Hillim, learn, do whatever you do, um, but we can't ignore the power of spirituality, the power of God. And I've said, there is no one but Hashem who can save us from this war. And yes, we have our soldiers and yes, we have our powerful Israel, but this is God. This is God and uh, prayer is such an important part of that. The third thing that is so important that I mentioned before is just reaching out to your Israeli friends and family. And it just means so much to us as we're going through this to feel that support from afar. And 
it is such a big deal. So I just encourage you to continue to reach out via WhatsApp or a call or an email and keep doing it because this isn't just something that is going to go away. This is a prolonged war that is going to take time. And after that first week or few days of shock, we've sort of gotten into an abnormal normal, um, but it isn't easy and there are still sirens and there is still that fear um, and reaching out just makes a world of a difference. Another thing that you can do is ask your kids um, or your friends to prepare pictures and notes for our Israeli soldiers. Um, there are so many people coming to Israel, you can send it or you can email it to someone here and they can print it out. Um, but there were actually pictures of tanks with all of the pictures that kids had drawn and sent. And it was such a powerful image because knowing that these soldiers have that support from abroad, from Israel, is so special and motivating for them. So that is something that you can do. You can encourage your kids to do. And it's also a way to have them take part and be a part of this incredible um I would say this incredible initiative of all the Jewish people worldwide. Um, and I think that's a really creative way of doing it. Also, get involved in projects that are taking place in your community, um, whether it's organizing equipment to be sent to soldiers, special prayers, challah bakes, whatever it is, there is so much going on through shuls, synagogues, um, community centers. So pick a cause that speaks to you and just get involved. I also personally feel that it's really important to share what's happening with your kids at their own level. Like I said before, this is something that's not just happening to Israelis. It's something that is happening to Jewish people worldwide. Yes, you may not be on the front lines, um, but we are fighting for our existence. And I think that our children need to know this and understand that. No, they do not need to know all of the facts. They do not need to see any graphic pictures, but they need to know that we're in this together um, and that our brothers in Israel are going through this. And again, you can describe it however you feel comfortable sharing it, but it's so important that they know and understand that this is a pivotal time in history and we're here for it. Um, so that's my personal recommendation. You can take it or leave it. Um, but I personally think it's important. If you're a professional in the mental health field, consider donating your time to, health, to help um, evacuees from the South, evacuees from the North, other people who are experiencing trauma. I know a lot of individuals have volunteered their time via Zoom. Some have come to Israel to work with, um, to, with evacuees or um, survivors whoever it is, but that is something that you can do to take part in this general effort of all Jews worldwide. Um, and finally, support Israeli businesses. The Israeli economy is really suffering from this war, companies and individuals. So you can sponsor coaching, you can sponsor therapy, you can sponsor meals for families um, with fathers who are serving. Um, so much more, um, but that is a really important way for you to get involved 
um, and be able to also help an individual who has a business or a company who has a business and help the people that need help. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. So these are just some ideas that I came up with, um, ways that you can live your life here in Israel and try to continue living, continue thriving. I don't know if thriving is even the word that we can really use now, but it's not really surviving somewhere between surviving and thriving. Um, but be able to just continue, continue going, put, putting one foot in front of the other um, and, and continue this really challenging period of time. And also, for those of you who are abroad, different ideas of what you can do to support us here because your support means everything, um, whether it's monetary, whether it's hugs and checking in or visiting or supporting businesses, whatever way you choose, even prayer, right, is so important and means so much to us. And I hope that this has been helpful just in terms of opening up your eyes to maybe some of the things that you weren't aware of in terms of what is happening here. Maybe you were aware of this, but you um, got some ideas for things that you can um, take action with. And my prayer for all of us is that this war ends soon, that we have peace, and that we are able to go back to our normal thriving lives um, and just do the regular thriving that we want to do uh, on a regular basis. Wishing you all the best and thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to Thriving on Purpose with Nechama Weiser. If this episode piqued your interest or inspired you, and you're looking for a health and life coach who can help you up-level your life, then reach out today. Visit NechamaWeiserCoaching.com for details.